0: Before we start, I just want to let everybody know that this podcast is brought to you by RockAuto.com. For the love of God, go to RockAuto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right Locked On in there, how did you hear about us box? So they know that we sent you. What is up everybody? Welcome into Locked On Tigers. I am your host, Chris Castellani. I'm going to be answering your mailbag questions today. Thank you to the people who sent those in. I always appreciate it. Tigers have had a few inter-squad games over the last several days. Not much to talk about because there's not much footage of that stuff available. Casey Mize pitched a little bit yesterday. 10 up, 10 down, struck out Miguel Cabrera on three pitches. As always, like Casey Mize just continues to roll. I mean, he he was like this in spring training. The limited amount of time we saw him in, he was pitching great. Looks really good, apparently, uh, down in Comerica right now in what is, I guess, summer training. Kristen Stewart also had a big day the other day, went 4 for 4 really nice. Hopefully, we could see him get the bat going a little bit. It's hard to tell with inner squad games. Is it terrible pitching or is it good hitting? You can never really tell, especially with a team as poor as the Tigers. So Not much to talk about there. I am going to answer your questions, but I do want to address a comment that I got. Now, I'm not going to read off this person's Twitter handle because I, I don't want to start a back and forth between this person and the the other people who follow this podcast, but I, I wanted to read this off and I wanted to kind of explain uh, the reasoning for why I've been talking about what I've been talking about lately. This person says, I look forward to your show on a daily basis, but please, for God's sake, stop talking about COVID. We are all sick of hearing about it. We are all well aware of what's happening. People need a distraction. Hence, talking about baseball would be nice. Please, no more COVID. I'll say this. Several years ago, had I have gotten this comment, I would have blown a gasket. Because several years ago, anyone who presented towards me an opinion that wasn't 100% what I shared, I blew up. I'm not mad at this person. I'm not. And in fact, I'm actually, I'm happy they, they wrote this comment because it, it gives me something to talk about on here. Look, everyone is tired of hearing about COVID. Everyone's sick of it. I was sick of it in March. Guys, it's July 10th. But the reason I talk about it is not to fear monger, but this is a baseball podcast. And baseball has been undeniably shaken by the COVID-19 coronavirus, whatever you want to call it, this whole pandemic. 102 games of this season have been torn apart because of it. And guess what? It's still continuing to impact Major League Baseball. We're right now two weeks away from opening day. Will we get there? I don't know. Other sports are already shutting down. You saw the Big Ten coming out and announcing that they're only going to have a conference schedule in college football this year. It's, it's a mess, and it's going to continue to be a mess. I will stop talking about COVID-19 on my baseball podcast when it stops impacting baseball. And to this person, and I, I guarantee, the reason I'm talking about this is because I guarantee this person is not the only person who feels this way. And I don't like to say this. I appreciate your listenership. But maybe for a little while, find another podcast. Now, in the baseball podcast I listen to, I'm yet to find one that is completely ignoring the fact That baseball is in trouble and has been in trouble because of the coronavirus. I don't know if that podcast exists, but if it does, find it. And there's nothing wrong. I don't even, I'm not even trying to sound condescending here. There is nothing wrong with finding that. I'm going to continue to talk about it. It is extremely important that we talk about it. I think a lot of people, I'm not saying this person, but I think a lot of people are under the belief that if we stop talking about it, if we we stop testing, then it's going to go away. That's not the case. It is very much here to stay for the time being. The whole it's only temporary principle is gone. This has become a long-term thing. We've been dealing with this for the better part of four months now, and it's not going to be going away anytime soon. The second it does, I'll stop talking about it. I would love to stop talking about it. I am a man who reports on baseball news, and coronavirus news is baseball news. It affects everyone. I'm going to keep talking about it. I'm sorry if that angers you. Okay, once again, I, I don't know how that person's gonna respond to me talking about that comment on here. Most comments that I get are just either, you know, they're compliments or they're things that I, I ignore and, and that's that's fine. I do appreciate this person reaching out. I'm not mad at them in the slightest. I understand completely their point of view and I hope that they can understand mine. Okay. So let's move on to some mailbag questions. I'll probably answer one, then take a break, then come back and answer. A few more, but the first question comes to us from at Hipportes, a frequent question submitter here on Locked on Tigers. They ask, does Michael Fulmer crack the rotation? Any expectations on his production? Also, once Norris is back, do you think we will see last season's late season quality Norris? That is another thing I forgot to talk about. Daniel Norris, I I, I compl- can't believe I, I, I forgot to bring this up. Daniel Norris tested positive for COVID-19 a couple weeks ago. He says that he's 100% healthy now and looks forward to coming back to play. This is a guy who, again, much like every other player in the league, but especially someone like this, who is a cancer survivor, he is a guy who I could not blame for skipping the season, but he seems ready to come back and play, and I don't uh, I don't have any issue with that. I wish him the best. But back to your first question, does Falmer crack the rotation? Absolutely. Absolutely. The, the second Michael Falmer became healthy, he was going to be a member of, of this rotation. Now, this rotation officially is a bit crowded. I don't know what they're going to do, if they're going to move Zimmerman, if they're going to move Ivan Nova, if they're going to move Daniel Norris, all that stuff is kind of up for grabs now. As far as my expectations for him, look, I've been under the impression that Michael Fulmer hasn't been 100% healthy since probably the midway point of the 2017 season I still contend he was probably not completely healthy in 2018 thus the reason why his numbers were not very good the strikeout numbers were up but his hard hit rate was up his whip was up his ERA was way up I don't think he was healthy then then obviously he missed all of 2019 with Tommy John surgery as far as expectations it's a mystery especially for a guy who's coming back from his second Tommy John you never know how he's going to recover. Now, I think the stuff is still very good. You know, this is a guy that a lot of people, including myself, have spoke very highly of in the past. I like his attitude. I like his demeanor. I like the way he goes about his business. But it's undeniable that he is putting himself behind the eight ball already, coming back from a second Tommy John surgery. As far as expectations, I would say, I would view it as a success for Michael Fulmer if in a 60-game season, he continues to stay completely healthy and puts together an ERA under four. you know I don't think they'll be pitching him a ton of innings that was one issue I had with him in 2017 is that they were pitching him late in games he was working his pitch count up in meaningless meaningless games I ranted about that several times when Brad Osmus was here I got myself featured on Barstool because of one of those rants but as far as Daniel Norris is concerned look I think Daniel Norris seems like a, a completely adequate good guy a, a very interesting guy I mean people talk oh he lives in a van but no he does a lot of very interesting stuff very intelligent guy I've been remarkably disappointed with his career pitching-wise in Detroit. Now, much of that isn't his fault. He's had trouble staying healthy, and he can't really do anything about that. I do want to say, in this question, it says that will we see last season's late-season quality Daniel Norris? I I think that was kind of a—and I hate to be a conspiracy theorist here—a narrative kind of pushed by the media that Daniel Norris had some late-season surge— Daniel Norris last year probably had his best year solely based on the fact that he stayed relatively healthy for most of it. When you look at the numbers, he was not very good at all, but the fact is he stayed healthy, which for him is a large accomplishment, and I don't even mean to patronize the guy. That was, for him, a a pretty substantial leap forward. When he does come back, assuming he is fully healthy— I think we'll probably see more of the same from him. You know, this will be a guy, the ability to give you some innings in ERA, probably between 4, 5, and 5, but not much else. I just think his electric stuff that he had when he first got here has kind of diminished because of injuries, and that's really disappointing. All right, when we come back, I'm going to answer a few more of your questions. Stay tuned. I'll be right back after these messages The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com. And we're back, so thanks for sticking with me here in segment number two for the Friday mailbag edition of Locked On Tigers. This next question comes to us from at Zach Delease. He asks, who gets called up first, Daz Cameron or Derek Hill? Really good question. These are two guys with kind of similar career paths, both highly drafted, both highly sought after at one point, and yet their minor league careers... Have kind of flatlined because of their inability to really get the bat going. Derek Hill got some press the other day for making a really remarkable catch during an inter squad game out in center field to Rob Jamer Candelario, of probably a triple. Derek Hill's defense has never been the issue. This is a guy with uh, tremendous athleticism. First round pick for the Tigers, seemingly a long time ago. Like I was pubescent, I feel like, when Derek Hill got drafted by this ball club. Daz Cameron obviously acquired in the Justin Verlander deal. Several years ago, it's a fair question. I think we're more likely to see Daz Cameron get the call up first. I mean, the obvious answer is that Daz Cameron was in Triple A last year. Derek Hill still kind of uh, twiddling his thumbs out in Double A, so it would be logical that Cameron would get the call up. But I think, even to expand on that answer, I just feel like Cameron probably has a higher ceiling. I think Derek Hill has been around for so long at this point, and they've been waiting for a long time. Will he get the back going? Because this is a guy with great speed and great athleticism, but he, he can't really hit. He's, he's not a great hitter, and it just seems like he probably never will be. I think his ceiling right now is much lower than Daz Cameron's and definitely much lower than his own ceiling was several years ago when he got drafted. I think he's more likely to be kind of a platoon defensive replacement outfielder in the major leagues if he ever does get a call up. Now, with that said, that is also po- the possible projection for Daz Cameron at this point. I just feel like Daz Cameron's upside is a little bit higher. He's younger than Derek Hill. And, and at the end of the day, Daz Cameron really has only had one legitimately bad year in the minor leagues. I'm not going to completely write the guy off just because he didn't hit particularly well in Toledo a season ago. I still believe he has a lot to offer this ball club. I'm not ruling him out as being a guy that this team could rely on going forward. So I think he'll he'll be more likely to get the call up first, but that is a good question. Next one comes from at Houston Better. Keeps it simple. Early World Series prediction. Well, there's no such thing as really an early prediction anymore because it's only a 60-game season. I'll say this, and I've given this a fair amount of thought I think one team, and a lot of people won't like to hear this, the the person who asked this question will like to hear this, but most people won't, I think a team that really benefits a whole lot from a 60-game season is the Houston Astros, and I'll tell you why. I think when you look at that rotation, you have Justin Verlander, you have Zach Greinke as your number two, not a bad number two option, and Lance McCullers coming back from Tommy John surgery a season ago three very good pitchers but when you think about it Justin Verlander has pitched a whole lot of innings and he's still a stud won the Cy Young last year an incredible story pitched some of the best baseball of his life but struggled in the postseason has pitched more innings than anybody else currently in the major leagues right now and he's not getting any younger Zach Greinke very similar not as old as Verlander but has a lot of city miles on him and then you have a number three option and Lance McCullers in his first season back coming from Tommy John surgery. He's a remarkable athlete and a great pitcher when he's dealing, but durability has never necessarily been his strong suit. That's a rotation that I feel like in a 162-game marathon plus postseason would have a pretty high potential of wearing down towards the end. But in a 60 game sprint, I could see them getting stronger as the year goes along and really hitting their stride once you got to October. I know a lot of people are going to be picking the Yankees, and that is a a very enticing choice. That's a remarkably talented team. And yes, Garrett Cole is unbelievable, and I, I suspect he'll come in right away and dominate. It doesn't matter where he's pitching. That dude is money. I think even still with Garrett Cole, that rotation is still worse than the Astros, and even with Garrett Cole, I think the Yankees' rotation might not even be the best in their own division. I think you look at Tampa Bay with Blake Snell and Charlie Morton and Tyler Glass now, who was a revelation before he got injured last year. I think that rotation might be better than the Yankees. So if I had to pick someone to come out of the American League, I would go with Houston, and in the National League, it's very hard to pick against the Dodgers. I mean, you have an outfield with two, with two MVPs in it, it, two of, if not the top three, at least top four outfielders in the game. I mean, it's remarkable that even for a 60-game season, we're going to see Mookie Betts and Cody Bellinger playing the, in the same outfield together. That's incredible. You have a solid rotation. Helmed by Walker Bueller. He's their number one now. He surpassed Clayton Kershaw. And I think that guy is, is money. I thought what he did in the postseason last year got incredibly overlooked because the Dodgers lost that series to the Nationals. But I said this back last October. I think he could be the... Dodgers version of what Madison Bumgarner was for the Giants, just a guy who's going to go out there in October and put his best foot forward every time out, which is something that Clayton Kershaw has not been able to do, they're so talented, this is probably the most talented team in baseball, at the very least it's the most talented team in the National League, it's hard to pick against them, I think the Braves are going to be really good, I think the Phillies will be better, I think the Cardinals are going to be a force to reckon with, but I just, I think that's... Dodgers offense is so talented and so deep I got them teaming up in a 2017 World Series rematch that is one thing that could make this entire garbage pile of a season worthwhile seeing these two teams heated rivals because of 2017 because of the the science stealing scandal playing each other again in the World Series I think that would be such a treat and I will pick the Houston Astros, to win it. And look, a lot of people are going to say I'm pandering. I know I have a lot of people who are Astros fans on my Twitter feed. I genuinely believe this. A lot of people are under the assumption that the Astros are just dead because they got their punishment. They got they lost their manager and their GM. They will feel the effects of of that in several years. You look at their roster right now, this is still one of the greatest offenses ever assembled. Right, with Springer and Altuve and Bregman and Correa and Brantley. This is a core that returns pretty much everyone from a season ago. It's not a team that's going away. I think they're going to win the World Series, to be honest with you. So that's going to do it. For today's show and this week's worth of shows. You can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2014. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Tigers. If you have any questions for the mailbag segment, you can send them to this show's Gmail account, Locked On Tigers at gmail.com. And if you're feeling up to it, go to Apple Podcasts, go to iTunes, leave a positive review of this podcast. It would be much, much appreciated. We will be back here on Monday, less than two weeks. Until opening day, assuming, of course, we have one. Thank you very much for listening. Have a great rest of your day. Have a great weekend and go Tigers.